0: Mr. President, I've got the director of the CDC on the line. Hello, Bob.
1: Hold the phone closer to my ear, Mike, would you? Bob, what the hell are we gonna do about this coronavirus? My kids are worried about me. Not to mention, it's giving my precious stock market the heebie-jeebies. And all my buddies in Davos—they say they won't invite me to this year's secret underground Olympics if I don't get this thing under control.
0: I'm sorry, sir, but community spread has already begun. Containment is not an option at this point. We're going to have to focus our efforts on prevention. You mean, like masks? Well, proper hygiene is most important in slowing transmission, but-
1: Mike, get me my golden respirator.
0: But sir, Mother says wearing it in public
1: would cause a panic. I don't care what that creepy broad said. Get me my goddamn mask. Sir, even Mr. Hannity said as much. Shawnee Bear?
0: Yes, sir, even Shawnee Bear. Shit. Okay, well, he's got a point, probably. Mr. President, how do you expect the base to confront people in the street and call them a bunch of overreacting snowflake pussies if you yourself are wearing one?
1: Duly noted, my beady-eyed lapdog. Well, get me some science guys. On the phone, not in here. You think they can make me some tiny little masks I can hide in my nostrils? Oh, and like... Suit jackets that have Purell built into the pockets. That should do it for now. Get all the best guys. I'm expecting tremendous results, like now. Make Don a safe and happy Prezi. It's for America, Mike.
0: Yes, sir. Right away, Mr. President. By the way, do you have a Ricola? My throat has been a little scratchy lately.
1: The Born to Be Mild Podcast.
0: Hey, hello, and welcome to Mild March Madness. This is March 8th, 2020. We'll be your Corona Control Protection Force this morning. For Ronald Cabuno, I'm Pete Crawford. Ron, it's International Women's Day. Have you congratulated any international women yet?
1: Have I congratulated any international women? I mean, I thank my grandmother up in heaven for making me, you know, vicariously every day. That's a congratulations. Yeah, she's a wonderful Greek lady, or was.
0: Oh, still is. Let's go with that. Good. I gotta and, tell you, I not And she's don't... international. She's not just international. She's, like, interdimensional at
1: this point, right? So. <laughs> she's in the cosmos. <laughs> Speaking of, did you know that Mercury is in retrograde?
0: Uh, you know, I feel like it's in retrograde like every three months or something. And there's always somebody on Facebook reminding me that this is why you're feeling off. It's because mercury is in retrograde. And I'm like, well, okay. your
1: your spidey senses are correct. It actually seems I, at first glance from what I saw this morning that it happens about every couple months or whatever. So
0: it's very that, regular. Yeah, that's correct. Why is it when it's in retrograde that it changes us?
1: Um, because it causes a little disillusionment and confusion because of what retrograde actually is. You know, like retrograde is the appearance of a planet moving backwards in the stellar, interstellar sky, mm-hmm. and that you know, for the ancient people, really threw them off their game. They were like, "What the hell was going on?" So but we're not ancient people. No, but we are ancient people. We are the descendants of them, and we haven't been able to shake a lot of what they've given us. Okay. And so okay. that that connection is far distant and removed as so we might see from the in natural this? world. Did you say I believe in this? I yeah. Listen, I, I believe in it in so much as I believe in religion. Actually, maybe even more so. I mean, I don't want to go into a deep dive on religion. We are going to save that one for sure, another Sure, let's not show. dip our
0: toe in that water yet. Yeah. But
1: <laughs> I can say that as a person who really respects all religious attitudes um, when they are, you know – Let's say spiritual attitudes. Spiritual, I I respect what they're going for. What they're going for is trying to understand this existence. And um, I think cosmology and all that stuff, astrology is pretty wild because when things line up, it is coincidental a lot of the time. But other times it's like, I don't know. Are there patterns that civilization or energy in general has settled into over the many, many eons that we are not aware of.
0: You are getting really deep here. Okay. Well,
1: absolutely, because, I. oh my God, I mean, I've, I've had a lifetime to think about it. I'm almost 40 years old. I'm, you know, I'm 37 years old here. Yeah, you're so, younger
0: than me. I've had a long time to think about it, too. That's what and I mean. And, you and I've, I've definitely <laughs> had a lot of
1: lazy river afternoons, so to speak. And uh, yeah, okay. those that's things fair. come across your mind, because one of my greatest things I like to think about is... uh Geologic time. And I can say that if somebody can think in geologic time, that they can put themselves at peace with just about anything. Okay. Um, if you can put a handle on just how old this rock is and maybe just how insignificant each one of us are, it gives you just that much more appreciation for the fact that you're here at all. Mm-hmm. You know, I,
0: I, I thought we were talking about International Women's Day, and now suddenly we are in a very... Different location with our conversation
1: as uh, as my as my famed podcast (laughs) godfather, Mr. Tony Kornheiser would say, sometimes you have a Thursday show and uh, you just got to (laughs) fill. I feel like I feel like that's what we've got today, like because it's just like so much of the same crap that we've been talking about for weeks. So much of what's expected. And, yeah, you know. and that's fine. And we do have to talk about these things cuz it is important, but, you know, give me a tangent or two first and and I am all aboard. Right.
0: Yeah, no, I'm all about it. Uh yeah, so uh, what are we talking about that we are always talking about today?
1: Um we're talking about, you know, bare shelves at Sam's Club. And it's not just a coincidence.
0: Right, because of that whole uh 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 Dos Equis
1: virus or something, right? Dude, everyone is afraid of the most interesting man in the world. He's coming a knocking. <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, the guy's gone, and I really miss him, actually. But not talking about him. Uh, but uh, we're still uh, treading down the road with the virus.
1: Right, right. And, you know, there's more and more, and I just saw today on the news feed that the, Mike DeWine was talking about how it's not if but when the first case is going to be in Ohio. Right. And that's yeah. obviously happening because everyone is in a panic. And you have to just talk to people and I can't tell you how many people didn't even have the facts right. Like I'm trying to let them know. Like as far as I know, I'm not treading in the misinformation. I'm just getting the straight scoop every day and really not listening to the rest of the panic. So as long as you just kind of know the, the straight deal, you can, you can deal with it accordingly, you know, to the best of your ability.
0: Yeah. Uh, <laughs> well, I, so are you saying that uh, basically we're overplaying The danger of the disease, or are you... No,
1: like, I was, you know, just getting diapers at Sam's Club, and the one dude who's working the cash register was talking about how everyone was in a panic, and how the news media was frightening everybody, and I was telling him, no, I don't think they were frightening everybody, I mean, unless you were listening to certain outlets, I don't know, like, all I know is when I'm turning on the news, I'm hearing a pretty deadpan and informative recap of what's been going on but i'm not watching the ones that have constant tickers at the bottom and everything's flashing and buzzing like a casino you know what i mean right like i'm just seeing okay here's the amount of cases that have happened here's how many deaths have happened here's what the cdc has recommended today um you know now do i hear about like some blowback about uh responsiveness and calling the cdc into question in terms of their methods or whatever and How many kits are available? Yeah, I see that stuff, but I don't see the spin on that stuff. Like, I see those stories reported, but then I don't need to hear the commentary about them. Just tell me what happens after. Well, fear mongering is
0: what the news does, though, right? I mean, that's kind of their mo. Yeah, but God forbid we we could just
1: extrapolate what we need so that we don't have to be in a panic. Is what I'm getting at, you know? Like, and that's why you don't think we
0: should be in a panic at all.
1: I don't think. I don't think panic helps anybody, and that word alone should tell you that that's not a good idea. I agree with that. I think we should be prepared, and we should also understand the possibilities. So when we see things going on around the globe, there are varying degrees of infection and varying degrees of response and varying degrees of results, right? So if we're going to be – if we're going to be the best, or if we're going to be amongst the best at handling <laughs> it, the best. No, America really, though, has like not been the best at in terms of in a long time. Well, it's but. tough because it's a balance. Like I said, th- an authoritarian regime is probably going to be the best at it. But you're do talking have about the somebody best like China. Yes, of course. But do they have the best technology? I don't know, because you got people coming out of the woodwork in the United States who are talking about how, after SARS, they had coronavirus vaccines ready to go, but since the SARS epidemic, like, boiled down, they didn't have any more funding to go forward with it.
0: Right. They, they just, yeah, exactly. they gave So we have the things project. that, like, so- are
1: really at the forefront in our technology sector that uh-huh. might not be going on in those other places who can focus on containment a little better but when you want to talk about fighting it with science maybe we are the best at it but that's not what i'm getting at what i'm getting at is we want to be as good as possible at it with you know what we have at our disposal which is not really locking people down until absolutely necessary i'm not sure that there's a whole lot more that we can do if i'm being honest um well, there are, and you're really going to see like what is there's, th- there, there's 8.6 do. billion that got released in funding, or at least signed to be released, you know, in Congress this week, and that is going to go to a lot of things in terms of local law enforcement. I guarantee you, when it comes to if you have to lock places down, here's your overtime pay.
0: I yeah, I know, but the, the disease is just so so contagious. It is so
1: contagious. It's it's
0: extremely tiny. It's like one one one-hundredth of the width of a human hair. Like, it's extremely tiny. The droplets can enter through your eyes. They can go around the masks. Like, it's tough to avoid. And no one ever knows when they have it. I mean, you might as well be in a swimming pool just full of it and wearing your mask. (laughs) Like, Um. how much more successful would that be? It doesn't matter. Like, I don't know that there's a way to avoid... Oh, you uh, know what? I think I, was thinking,
1: I think I was thinking of Italy and not California and the quarantine measures. Okay, well, like, Italy in, is locked down now. So In Italy, yeah. Like in northern Italy, they closed all the pools and all the gyms and anywhere that, you know, you can be in public and stuff like that. And, but and, that could be us soon, right? Absolutely. Well, I'm so. saying – what I'm saying is that you have to look at all the measures that are going on and see how effective they are. Um, and from what we understand, this is a pretty – Pretty straightforward, you know, contamination issue where it's just about keeping people away from each other. They're like, "Oh, we can keep restaurants open." It is in Italy, but you have to stay uh-huh. one meter away from each other. So Did, they're trying work things it? out. They're like, "Listen, all right, everyone has to have uh, a bit of sensibility about them. That this is approximately the amount of hashtag social distancing you have to exercise when in public." Sure.
0: And it's like we said, uh, you know, a week ago. We, basically, um, for 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 the most part, healthy adults are not uh, dramatically uh, threatened by this. It is sure. our parents, though, the elderly, the immunocompromised. Yeah, uh, th- these are the people that are going to be your two percent, two and a half, three percent, whatever it is, uh, who may be in a mortality uh, danger situation. So it, it's not something I guess that I'm scared about for myself, but I'm scared about for my family. I think about it. And uh, uh, it's something that has become politically salient uh, in a very, very fast way Uh, with the way that Donald Trump has handled it and the way that the left media has responded to his, quote unquote, mishandling of it.
1: If they're trying to scare you on another end, then, yeah, if you're just an American citizen and you don't really understand the, the ping pong that's going on. You're you're being frightened from both sides, essentially. Did you say ping pong
0: um, because of your ping pong club?
1: No, fuck ping pong club. It did. It went terrible this week. Nobody showed up. Oh no. Yeah, like I had a record turnout for week two, and then nobody showed up week three. What and, the like, fuck? And like not happened? even my dude that I started it with. He hurt his back, and he wasn't able to come. And then I was like twenty minutes late because you're I was dealing, be dealing with the poopy diaper with the and kid,
0: smacking it against the wall by yourself?
1: I have a ping pong table at home. I can do that with right. No, I was looking for for good competition. That sucks, man. I'm sorry. It was well, it was cool. Like I was just I was at the Y like yesterday and I just happened to walk by the room and there were like three dudes in their fifties who were bawling out and I was like, dudes, Tuesday nights, let's go. We got a league. <laughs> Come on. And they were like, all right, maybe we'll see. So I might have got a couple more recruits, but like Alright, yeah. you had a down week. It happens. I know, and I will show your, your up next Ping Tuesday. Club will be fine. Bell's on. I'm ready to go. Anyone listening, anyone in earshot of the Boardman Ohio <laughs> uh, YMCA, who's a member or, or can use two free guest passes for the year, um, come on down and get your ass handed to you on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Well,
0: not by me, but by you.
1: Uh, absolutely i will ball I, i'm only out.
0: sort of good at ping pong <laughs> I, I, it sounds like you might be a superstar although i would like to play you
1: just i was given lessons last week i was given lessons how bad
0: you might beat me i don't know but uh back to um yeah back to the virus uh i i actually think that uh and i was it you or was it somebody else uh who told me that this virus the coronavirus right now could be trump's uh hurricane katrina that really kind of ruined uh, Bush back in uh, 2006 or 5, when that was. So, um,
1: yeah, but because, it, because it could
0: it be... Uh, well, it didn't matter because it was second term for uh, Bush, but uh, yeah. But uh, this virus couldn't have come at a more politically salient time. I mean, it's simultaneously exposing the holes in our healthcare, the ineptitude of this administration, and uh, the conservative rights refusal of outright facts that threaten their position. Mm -hmm. Would you agree? Like this is not good timing for Donald Trump.
1: He's going to have to show a lot of leadership and he's going to have to maybe eat a lot of crow along the way when things aren't going right. Oh, that's going to have to be able to show himself. (laughs) What's that? He does not like to eat crow. I don't know if that's going to happen. No, but I mean, I've seen him, um, turn a, Unfortunately, disappointed eye to the camera and say, "Listen, uh, we wish things could have gone better. They haven't. We're we're still gonna be on top. All this bullshit. You know, I've seen him have to do it. You know, a couple times. And and you know, you just don't want him to, in this political season, feel like everything is a is a victory and a loss. And I know it's almost impossible for him to do that. But it's so fucking it necessary is right for him now to do that." Like, um, th- dude, we're talking about plague shit. We're not talking about like. But he's out there saying his uh, rallies are
0: virus free. <laughs> like, is how, he? how can you say that? That makes no sense. That he keeps lying and sense. saying there's three to four months till a vaccine. Or he said to use the existing flu shot as a vaccine.
1: Oh, nice. Yeah. Didn't didn't realize that. He said all of these things.
0: Now, I guess he has a base that's diehard enough that they're not going to abandon him for that, but, like, that is absolute absurdity. It's it's nonsense, and he well, gets to no, with saying People start
1: this. jumping off the train once they see people in their own community who are going down because they're following the guidelines that he himself is, you know, espousing. I know it's a thin week, but we don't need to beat up on this helpless son of a bitch just because he's, uh... We do. Demonizing we absolutely everyone around you. I disagree so hard. <laughs> do you want to talk about Super Tuesday, even though it feels like it was like a month ago?
0: Yeah, it's been a month of Tuesdays since then for sure.
1: My goodness. And even though it's been a leap year, I feel like we lost a, a decade in there somewhere. But <laughs> many moons ago, we had Pete and Amy and Beto all help out Uncle Joe when it came to Super Tuesday. And uh, he really wiped the floor and showed that the base was oh so formidable as I might have thought, especially in times of great panic, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like, um, what do we do now? Like do we there needs to be a middle way? This is ridiculous. And a middle way. You know, like, like an Elizabeth Warren, someone who understands the progressive needs and the needs for progressive action, but someone who understands the mechanisms and the old sloggy way of getting things done-ish. Even though she hasn't been there forever, she's pretty and by that, well...
0: by that, you mean people who can appease the establishment Democrats?
1: Well, yeah, you have to reach a handout to the people who are running the whole fucking system. You can't overthrow them and put them all out on the street like Bernie wants to do. And essentially, you can't get rid of lifelong bureaucrats and whatnot, like Trump wants to do either. It's just not the way things run. This is a machine to the, you know, for the most part. And it's an established machine for a lot of good reasons as well as bad. And I just like, I don't, I don't understand how you have to denigrate people for wanting to make a lifetime of political service or whatever, you know, as long as it's not, you know, lobbying or whatever, I don't know. But, um, okay. Yeah, Elizabeth Warren is is the kind of person that brings the old and the new together, or someone who's going to at least get the two sides to talk to each other. Because, but she's
0: gone out of there, so.
1: But she's 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 still a, a, probably going to be you know a cabinet member at least or something cool,
0: right? Well, she has been the most uh, prudent in terms of the way she's handled her uh, dropping out because she's not endorsed anyone.
1: Yeah. And that gives
0: her a a possibility of being on either cabinet.
1: Yeah. Totally saw that coming, you know, because there was enough friction with the Bernie camp that that wasn't going to happen. And, um, enough political wheeling and dealing in her mind and enough disappointment that she didn't want to, you know, go with Biden for any reason.
0: Well, her and Biden aren't really ideologically aligned. Um, I think both Biden and Bernie are in the precarious situation where they really need to get the women's vote. And they need – okay, more so for Bernie – needs to get the the moderate swing vote. So they've got a lot uh, to think about when they're looking at um, a running mate. I can't imagine that either one of them would pick Liz as their VP. I just don't Sure. See no, no,
1: no. And I'm not. And I'm talking I'm talking about like what's going on right now in terms of the party. Like What what, what are you talking about then? What do you mean? What's going on? I mean, I guess we've got. I don't know. I. I let me see here. <laughs> <laughs> By all means,
0: enlighten me.
1: Um. I guess we're getting ahead of ourselves in thinking about uh the, the eventual candidate, we need to figure out who's going to slog it out first, right? Because I don't know if we're
0: getting or, I don't agree with that, no. I don't think no? that's getting ahead. I, I think now is the time to start thinking of that.
1: Um, Well, we don't know if Bernie's going to come out on top or not yet, right? I don't know, but I don't think he is. Okay, so you think that we're just going to stay and we're going to regress towards the middle and, and get behind Joe? I think that we're still, unfortunately,
0: at a place where the middle establishment Dems are going to control that election.
1: Yes, I do. It was wild because I was listening to something or other. Um, Maybe it was the Can He Do That podcast that I had recommended to you. It was um, the episode on Delegate Math.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, yes. And I didn't get a chance to listen to that one.
1: Dude, so good. So enlightening. But anyways, you know, they were just given the skinny on what a brokered convention can look like. Uh And you can come out of and they were also talking about the crazy 68 convention, which I would, you know, commend everybody to go and investigate, because that is what flipped the Democratic Party around as to the current mess that we now know it. But it really solved a lot of the issues they had Mm -hmm. at the time because they had the wrong candidate up there because he was the status quo, dude. But, yeah, so I was listening to this podcast, and they were talking about the possibility that you could come out of a convention that was completely brokered down to the nuts and bolts with what you would call a unity candidate that didn't even fucking run for president.
0: That is a little messed up. A little uh, mind-blowing, actually. (laughs) Yeah, and so
1: they had suggested the the possibility of Ohio's own Sherrod Brown being one of the people, and my my jaw just dropped.
0: What is your opinion on Sherrod?
1: I, oh my God, I fucking love that dude. You know, uh, you know I know Sherrod personally.
0: Uh, he and I have been, uh, we've been active. I have letters from him. Um, you know, he no, he actually he, somehow knew my hometown, which only has about 8,000 people in it. He's like, Bellevue, oh yeah, Bellevue, yes. Ohio. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He's like, oh yeah, I got the train museum and all the stuff up there. I'm like, yeah, dude, how'd you? Uh, really impressed me. I thought he was a great dude. And yes, I approve of pretty much all of his policy. So... I am he's a, a fantastic fan general
1: anyway. dude. You know, in general, he's a, he's a decent human being.
0: He is. He, is a, he owned the room that I was in. He was nice. He was smart. And I met Rob Portman, too, if we're talking about both senators from Ohio. Uh, Portman was plastic, robotic, and superficial. And, uh, yeah, I didn't buy Isn't it buy, funny that his outward appearance
1: anything. and so does Browns, like, belie their, you know, actual personalities?
0: Oh, yeah. Absolutely. It, 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 I, you know, and I have a picture with me in, uh, Portman. And I feel like every time I look at that picture, the look on my face looks like I'm just sad to be next to him. <laughs> I don't hate Portman. He was nice. You know, whatever. Of course. But Sherrod Brown hands was and generally babies. impressive. So I'm a big, uh, big Sherrod fan. And I think Sherrod would be wonderful on a
1: ticket. So. Me too. There's and that I as think well. that he's just been like, a little tepid and not dipping his toe into the water for a little too long now. It's time to him for him to start taking action. Yeah, now, as far now, as now would be the time. Um, yeah, he
0: is a Rust Belt and a Midwest champion. So, Absolutely,
1: that's a bridge candidate if I ever saw one.
0: Oh, without question, he's bringing in the union guys. He's bringing in the uh, the manufacturing people. He's bringing in pretty much all of the Midwest, and Ohio is a lock. Like right. that is the guy.
1: And he's not from a big city, you know. He's not a Cleveland dude. He's not a Columbus dude. He's not a Cincinnati dude. He's like, no, he's fucking, from Dayton, isn't he? He's Mansfield, I think, oh, or Mansfield. Yes, that's right. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, if you know how to connect with average Americans, you know how you're from Mansfield, Ohio.
0: It's about as uh, average Ohio as it gets. Oh yes. And uh, <laughs> you know, back when microcosm. I was a uh, freshman in college, one of my um, uh, roommates, I had a, 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 a two different roommates, and uh, one of them. Actually said that he always thought that Ohio was a very good, like, small slice that would represent the entire country as a whole. Because there were big cities and different corners. There was Mm -hmm. a lot of rural uh, people. There's blue, red. It represented, like, almost everything encapsulated into one little, you know... Uh, Heart of it all, as uh, they call themselves. It
1: is the heart of it all. So, in college, you know, I went for design, and so a lot of the design at Ohio State was research based. Places like Wendy's and a lot Uh of national brands use Columbus specifically as a testing ground because they wanted to find out if, you know, the rest of average America was going to choke down this shit. So, that's where they went first and foremost.
0: Well, it's very much uh, seated, like in the middle of the Midwest, it's the second biggest city in the midwest as columbus. Yeah, um, well,
1: now it is. Just, you know, booming, boomtown. Yeah. Booming cowtown.
0: Uh it's it's a great it's a great city. Um now that being said, where it's relevant here is that it is so significant. I know it's always overstated how much of a swing state Ohio is, but it's going to be so crucial this year.
1: You know what? I'm from what I understand Ohio's just red. You think so? I I don't think. I just well all right, I guess I think They were blue
0: twice for Clinton and blue twice for Obama.
1: Yeah, it's done now. It's done now. The gerrymandering and the Trump slide with the blue collar workers um, is not going to be able to be resuscitated in time for this election, I don't believe. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, Ohio is I don't even think it's in play. Like people are looking at Texas and no, stuff like not that, even more in purple play. states, Virginia, no. Uh, Pennsylvania is much more in play, Michigan, Wisconsin, everywhere around us actually is much more in play than Ohio. And it's really unfortunate to say so as an Ohioan, like, um, the, the liberal support, so to speak, because, well, all right. So Biden throws a wrench into this that could really bring people back to back into the fold. But as things stood, you know, a month ago, uh, uh-huh. Um, you were looking at just the big cities that were going to be supporting the Democratic Party because places like here in Youngstown were already flipped, man. Like Trump did it for a lot of these people, for a lot of these middle-aged white people. Yeah, and
0: that's that's big there because uh, Youngstown is a uh, very union-focused. There's a lot of the uh, well, we're uh, an
1: industrial holdover, classic like three,
0: Italian, uh, you know, immigrants and stuff like that coming there. Greek, Italian, all that stuff. You would think they would have a liberal uh,
1: backbone. You would – no, it's not a liberal backbone. And it's an industry and it's a union backbone and it's people who have but gotten – But unions are liberals, effed. It's right? people who have gotten effed in the A one too many times. So you have the steel union – or the steel industry that goes away and people are reeling from that. But they're like, all right, sure. at least we have our GM plant and then that thing goes away. Yeah. And then the the newspaper just left – the Youngstown Vindicator after literally just celebrating a hundred years in in print um, and you have people who are really disaffected still to this day so you're going to have to find um, someone who's going to come to them with solutions maybe healthcare is one of them but it's going to have to be way more than that and it's going to have to be a unifying message that overweighs their anger and their angst
0: Yeah, I, oh man I can't disagree with any of that
1: <laughs> you know, and so like it's going to have to be a positive campaign for sure. And it's it, it will have to be a referendum on Donald Trump. And having a a Biden candidacy makes that easier because, as we said, you can nominate a sock to run against Donald Trump and people will come out of the woodwork just to make sure that, you know, orange person does not get another term. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's what you have in, in Joe Biden is a. Semi handsome elderly sock, and um, Biden that's gonna work. Sock, that's gonna work. Um, that I, I, at least I believe that's gonna work, and it would work better than Sanders because Sanders uh, has major chinks in his armor. You know, like he was supposed to turn out the youth vote, and he—that's and he and been he shit. Didn't. Yeah, that's and that's so and fucking disappointing. It. Like, I'm totally cool with Bernie Sanders. Like, I don't, I don't like the fact, and I am like a lot of moderate. Um, moderate Democrats and I think I speak for a lot of people who are just like wait a second I like a lot of this shit but I don't want to be left behind and I don't want to not have a seat at the table during this fucking uprising like I want you to listen to me right. and I want you to listen to to calmer heads and people who yeah who have been choking down the old system for forever for, for whatever reason but like you know we want to make sure we're not swept away in this sea of revolution I think is the only thing we're trying to say
0: the sea of revolution being
1: being the Bernie being getting the into office movement. and you know making things as socialist as he can when we don't even understand the edges of that. We don't even understand the bounds of that.
0: Sanders is a little bit old and a little bit too ahead of his time. Like right now, it's becoming more clear to me that Bernie's relevance is not going to be his own presidency, but rather the inspiration and the influence he's going to have on a movement. One that will elevate and elect a new youthful face that embodies
1: all of those progressive
0: ideals and fundamentals as antiquated and ingrown thinking gradually is ushered out. But we're not there yet. we can say
1: that. We can say that, but we can also say that he is reaping the benefits of sowing those seeds and reaping the benefits of his own legacy right now because he's running four years hence. You know, like... He's kind of got that name recognition and that message recognition because his message has become more relevant in the four years since. So he, he's he's you know he's able to run on that, and I think that he's a uh, he's a guy who someone said this week was running on um, '70s era socialist thinking. When it doesn't really match up with a lot of today's economic policies, uh, right? Uh, so, like, if if you really don't have a way to pay for it, and if you really aren't going to tax people, like, if you want to say that Denmark is your is your example, and yet you're not willing to lower corporate tax rates to what Denmark has, how are you going to make it work? Like it, like these aren't comparable systems anymore and you're looking at them as examples to bring to the American people when it's only half the message and it doesn't tell the full story. So, you know, like, we need to understand what socialism means. We need, like, I hate to say well, you know, I brought it up earlier, but we need a primer on on, on socialism versus capitalism and communism and, and where he thinks we actually should be.
0: Right. There is no way right now in our current... Uh, both media and political climate, to actually inform people in a way that There's no believe. time for that. You're right. Yeah. It's just not – everything is communism to them. So, yes,
1: absolutely. And it's lumped right in. And socialism means communism.
0: Right. They're, you know, they're, they're equatable, not even, you know, they're, they're directly the same terms. thing. Absolutely. So I, I just don't know that that's going to work right now. But
1: that's – all right. So that's the message that Trump's giving you on the right but it's actually something that people on the left have to talk about at some point. And it's like, yeah, I guess we shouldn't have waited and boiled it down as like a uh, night and day, black and white comparison versus capitalism versus full blown socialism until two weeks before the election, essentially. But that's where we're at and we have to have the conversation eventually, like how much of it do we want to do? What seems feasible? What are actual numbers? Like, we're not going to be able to pay for everybody's college and fucking healthcare, and I know which one I'm going to pick.
0: Yeah, it's you know? going to be healthcare.
1: But, fucking A. Like, did, can we start with baby steps? Yeah. <laughs> you know, man? I, I, I don't like, even
0: think, like, I don't understand why people would. Last night I was with a, a friend of mine and his uh, two brothers, and they were actually making, well, not they, but uh, one brother specifically was making the point that, um, all, having some kind of privatized uh, healthcare, which we have here, is so much better and none of the other countries have anything that good, which is so ridiculous that people still believe that because people in these other countries, these people in Denmark or Norway or whatever, they, they're perfectly happy with their healthcare system that's been socialized and they make fun of us for not being able to adapt such an obviously better solution.
1: And I don't right. know
0: how you convince these people to to buy into that.
1: All right. So there's thinking. no convincing. There's really no convincing without proof. And you can't get proof without a test run. And you can only get a test run because you can't get a full overhaul. Well, yeah. Like yeah. – There's not going to be a
0: test run. That's just not well. There is
1: well. There here's there is because you're not going to have the full pub. You're not going to have the full Medicare for all. You're going to have the public option. Okay, that's not a
0: test run. That's a toe in the water. But yes, I see what you're saying.
1: All right, test run, toe in the water. I got you, tomato, right. So that's what I mean. Like, like yes, these places over in Scandinavia were formed at a time. Where they were, their their governments were so malleable that they were able to put fucking shit like this into place from the top down, and it was easily implemented, or much more easily implemented. Uh, um, and you've got places like I think the UK that offer Cadillac private plans on top of the free. NHS or something. It was either Uh, that or Canada. Not
0: exactly. I don't think that's, but yeah, I I understand. They Uh, offer extra service to the
1: moneyed, to the people who feel like the perfectly good service they're getting from the national healthcare, which everyone loves and they touted even at the fucking Olympics because it's that important, right? Like if you need more than that, you can go ahead and pay for it and go ahead to your doctor with the cucumber water or whatever. That's fine. (laughs) Right. That's okay. Leave that as an option. Do not take away private health care as an option, but make sure that the public option is affordable, covers as many people as possible, yada, yada, yada. You have to bolster that. And, And I think that that's where you would get people to really start taking a look at it and understanding maybe that a full fledged turn would be better.
0: Fair enough. I guess, you know, we'll have to see what happens because uh,
1: we're just going to have to
0: convince half the country, you know, to to believe in exactly what you're saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. And I think you will, but you only have that under a Democratic presidency, right? You would only get those types of things implemented under a Democratic presidency. That's correct. As constituted. Unless the Republican Party uh, fractures, you know, after the next Trump term. Or by the end of the next Trump term, because there's no way they would be able to stay together by the end of that, right?
0: Right. Well, right um, now, I think we're basically going to be looking at uh, either Biden or Trump. And being that Biden is uh, a little bit of a centrist when it comes to Democrats, to put it uh, mildly. Um, yeah. I don't know that we're going to have any kind of those uh, revelations occur.
1: So. Well, here we go. Now it's all about what happens at the convention, maybe. Now it's all about what happens as a, as a platform in the general. Because, you know, old Limp Sock Joe is going to have to get filled with a hand. And that hand is going to be planks that equal a platform. And that's going to have to happen sooner than later. And hopefully he will learn something from this race, is what I'm getting at. Uh, I
0: don't know that he's going to learn too much. I don't know. He's just kind of the option right now. <laughs> that's really what it's boiling down to. I mean, everyone threw their support his way, except for Liz, obviously. But, um, I don't know. We're just kind of in a really weird election right now where I'm not pumped about anyone, but I'm, uh, definitely not, uh, pumped about four more years of, uh, of DT. So I don't know. Absolutely. And well, there will you know be I a lot pumped. more to talk about in the next several months as we watch all this unfold, for sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No doubt. Did you see that, um, Roy Moore was trying to get back into the Senate or trying to get into the Senate once more, Mr. Oh, Pedophile. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. Well, yeah, actually, yeah, you said something about this, right? All yeah, right. Jeff so Sessions. Here's, yeah, go ahead. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Here's the skinny on this one, right? <laughs> um, so Jeff Sessions takes his little Keebler elf luggage and heads on down to Washington permanently as uh <laughs> when he takes his position in the cabinet, and he leaves the Senate seat. So that's when we have Roy Moore versus what's-his-face, uh, Doug Jones. <laughs> no, Doug Jones, the correct Doug Jones answer wins. is
0: what's-his-face. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean,
1: because it's crazy uh, Democrat in Alabama, man. That's right, who he is. Right, that's all yeah. you need to know. And um, <laughs> the only way he won is because he was going up against the fucking devil. Right? He was going up against a multiple (laughs) convicted pedophile in Roy Moore. So he wins, but, you know, once again, election season will come a knocking. And Roy Moore wants to get back into the race. And so he was up against in the Republican primary, Lil Jeff Sessions once again. (laughs) Lil Jeff wants his seat back.
0: Lil Jeff all up
1: in the scene. Right. And so guess what? Both of them are getting housed by ex-Auburn football coach Tommy Tuberville. (laughs) Isn't that rich? Like, I mean, you have football in the South and then everything else. So, Yeah.
0: The SEC coach is suddenly (laughs) jumping in. Oh, Tommy
1: T. Been a long
0: time since we talked about him.
1: It is because you know he was the one who Auburn Auburn wasn't as good as they were going to be, but he started making waves.
0: No, but he yeah he was the one that uh, actually made them. I mean neither Alabama nor Auburn was uh, competitive for quite a while.
1: Um, yeah, oh my god, they they both came crazy. back
0: thanks to uh, good old Nick and uh, I guess uh, if we want to give Gus Gus Melzahn credit, so
1: you know whatever. Um, I thought that was a wild story for politics. Yeah, very strange. And um, speaking of sports, yeah, uh,
0: what is going on with the contracts being given to Peyton Manning and Tony Romo as broadcasters?
1: What were they? What
0: happened? Yeah, Romo's getting like seventeen million a year. Oh, nice. And I think Peyton's getting like twenty.
1: Peyton Manning. Yes. Is he in the booth now?
0: Yeah, I guess that's his his. No next shit. Move. I mean, it makes sense. You know, the guy's a, I thought he would go into coaching, but, like, whatever. No,
1: he's fantastic. I think a lot of people thought he was going to be, like, commissioner or an owner of a team. Yeah, because he's,
0: he's really smart. He knows the game. He's a marketable personality. He's a
1: businessman.
0: Yeah. So – but, yeah, they're getting paid like crazy. Um, And Where, like the players, the players you know? are pissed off. They're like, why are the guys announcing the game? Making more money than like ninety percent of the guys on the field.
1: Oh my god, that's such a ridiculous! I almost used the R word. That is such a ridiculous (laughs) argument. You know, because we're sitting here like I think we can do this in terms of exponential pay scale. Um, There are ten million people in the country who can mop a floor. There are ten people who can throw a football, and there is one person who can call that game.
0: Well, probably more than one, or that would be a really tough uh, business to put on every channel.
1: You you know what I'm saying? Like, in terms of number of people uh, as their percentage of the overall population, there's like thousands of people that are the best of the best at football, and there are probably dozens and dozens of people who are the best of the best at calling professional football games.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Uh, uh, they're both uh, rare and, you know... R- r- Respectively, for like you know, all of America or all of the world, very rare.
1: And it's the same, it's the same game, it's the same industry, so the pay scale is equivalent, is what I'm getting at, right?
0: Yeah, like no, yeah, you're right.
1: Yeah, and especially
0: doing um, uh, the uh, uh, color commentary, you know, the play by play guy, the the actual announcer, there are a lot of broadcast announcers. Type guys, and uh, not all of them are going to be Bob Costas or Joe. Unless Buck.
1: it's hockey or soccer, because you know. Yeah, yeah. Whoa, listening to a hockey game get called correctly is amazing. It's like listening to a cattle auction.
0: Yeah, yeah. I can't even believe that those guys are able to watch a puck <laughs> and keep up with all that.
1: And I bet it if you go up to that, that uh, person, and if you were just like, hey, Tampa Bay Lightning, and then you just started naming jersey numbers, he would be like, Marshawn, Below, Jadon. You know what I mean? <laughs> He'd be like... <laughs> Jadon. Resp- resp- <laughs> off to in the corner. And now he has a centering pass. And it's like, whoa, whoa, you're you're really good at your job. <laughs> yeah. I've been to hockey games,
0: and uh, I have a great time, and I never know what's going on. So
1: Right. Well, you know, <laughs> put, a, put a little earpiece in for the home squad, and you'll be better off. Much more informed. For sure, for sure. So, um, uh, what else got going on? Uh, well, I wanted to stick week. with sports because one of my favorite shows oh, yeah. is now being canceled. Did you hear? Oh, I high Men. noon. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really sad about that because I thought that it was cool and I thought that they were both kind of heir apparents to um, PTI in their own right, and uh, I guess the, the nation yeah. doesn't agree.
0: I, I would say that that's you know they're along the same lines. Uh, PTI is uh, royalty among uh, sports shows to me, but um, right.
1: And if you asked if you asked t- uh Mike or Tony who they thought were their heir parents, they would, they would look to Pablo now. and Bomani for sure. Yeah, yeah, they definitely and they would. did. They were like one of the first people they would call for fill ins and stuff. I
0: love both of them too. Like I am a huge first of all. Bomani is a jerk, and he's the perfect kind of jerk. Just so arrogant, but he knows what he's talking about. And it's great.
1: Yeah, I think Bomani is probably my spirit animal. Um, oh, okay. Well, then you're <laughs> a jerk. <laughs> Absolutely. But I see, I don't even see him as a jerk. I just see him as a really, uh, as a forthright person who is very informed and uh, likes to have discourse along those lines. Um, yeah. He just always seems
0: like he's a little bit uh, pissed off. But on well, the other he's hand, he's
1: dismissive of Pablo, and he plays Pablo it up. Pablo Torre like he's a, is
0: also just the perfect complement to that because yeah,
1: he's bubbly, bubbly, and like he'll just keep coming always up and happy, like happy.
0: He's always in a good mood, and the dude's brilliant. Like he's like a superstar,
1: like very he, smart, extremely
0: kid. smart. And uh, I yeah. don't like to brag, but uh, you know, I was uh, accepted to mezzo when I was in college. There you go. So I like to think that I'm also a little bit intelligent, but Pablo the stats that he pulls out of his ass he makes me feel like a dunce
1: yeah minute by minute absolutely and and i mean talk about stats bomani's got like a masters or a phd in economics
0: oh yeah they're both extremely smart both of them
1: and 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 it shows like when they're on the mic there is just skill and right. especially with right. bomani man like i love his podcast and i am so happy that they're going to continue like the right time is amazing um the evening jones is awesome um He's got he's got real great and obviously he's got a really good um, radio voice but like he they, they deserve to be front and center commodities on the network on the mothership and so I yeah I, I don't think absolutely. they're going anywhere it's just sad that that vehicle got canned they
0: are two of my favorites I really do uh, like I, I especially yeah you said that Pomani uh, is your spiritual your spiritual animal mine would be Pablo so
1: nice nice. Well, he's effervescent. He really is. And he's very self-deprecating, which is great. You know, you always like yeah, to see that.
0: Totally modest. And it's, it always feels good. So, uh, yeah, that sucks to, uh, sucks to hear, but they're both, uh, so I think talented in their own ways that they're going to find, uh, another avenue to, uh, make themselves be present yeah. in, uh, the public, uh, sportscape. So, um, so what else have you been, uh, up to this week?
1: Um. Well, I saw a preview for a movie that is written by John Stewart, I think, or really produced or something. I don't yeah, even think called, I heard about this. John Stewart, it's called called irresistible. irresistible. John John Stewart from The Daily Show coming out of the woodwork. Yeah, I, yeah, John Stewart. That's the only
0: one I know. <laughs> Just the one, John Stewart.
1: Wow. Hey, I know another John Stewart. Do you? It's not that John. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, you know it's what? A I know it's Jonathan Stewart. There you go. He could be John Stewart to many.
0: Interesting. <laughs> Anyways. <laughs> so, um, <laughs> yeah, what, what's the movie? Uh,
1: it's called Irresistible, and it's about them. I think it's Steve Carell, and he is some kind of political um, campaign chairman dude, and they go into suburbia, I believe, you know, Ohio or something. or Wis- No, it was Wisconsin, I think. And they find some bridge candidate who is just uh, okay. a blue-collar dude that they're going to prop up as the next uh, r- great, white, democratic hope.
0: <laughs> the great, white, democratic hope.
1: probably. Uh, well, that's what it looks like. I mean, it wasn't a black guy. I don't think they meant it to be that way. Probably not a, like,
0: a movie title that would catch on. So is this a movie you want to see in theaters or one that you're going to wait for on is. Uh, Netflix it's, or Redbox or something? Or?
1: It's kind of like... Um, election or what's that one black sheep <laughs> maybe i don't know black i'm sure sheep it's gonna be with i'm sure with, it's gonna be funny with uh yeah, was an election movie. and uh and and chris farley chris yeah. farley <laughs> uh-huh. so i don't know if anybody's gonna be rolling down the hill in a shitter or whatever the fuck happened in that one <laughs> But um Yeah. I hope that I hope there's a couple of I'll watch anything hijinks. John Stewart.
0: You know, John Stewart is somebody else. I feel like I've been uh, dropping names like it's my job this entire episode, but uh I met John Stewart as well. And uh one of the funniest, most in control of the room people I've ever met.
1: And made you feel tall. Uh
0: yeah, he did, because he's like <laughs> he's only like five seven or something. So
1: Yeah, he's a small dude. Yeah. Um so. No, he's amazing and um it's just it's a shame that we don't have his voice uh, in public discourse on a regular basis.
0: Yeah, John Oliver has been a a, a nice replacement, but uh, I'm John sorry, John Oliver has been bullshit that, as
1: as far as a replacement, as far as I'm concerned, because he's not there every day.
0: No, but he does do the entire show. He's quality. He's absolutely quality. I love it. But Stuart did four days a week. Okay, not four five. days. He did five four. for a
1: while, and then four.
0: Yeah, but he only really did the first five minutes with the stuff that Oliver does. And that was the best part. Nobody cared about the segment after that when it was like, here's correspondent Samantha B. Like nobody was really that (laughs) pumped up about that, you know. And then then it was an interview at the end. And I was like, whatever. I don't care about your goddamn interview.
1: (laughs) He was letting (laughs) you know the skinny on stuff and how you might want to think about it as a cynical bastard yourself, you know, sitting at home. uh Uh-huh. Um, On a nightly basis, and that was really important during a lot of times. The nightly basis was important, yes. I agree. It's super important because that that makes you a news anchor and not just a TV show host. Yeah. And that's what he didn't want to be because it was fake news, but that's what he ended up being because the real news wasn't getting it done for us.
0: No, and it turned out that the real news ended up being what he was doing for us.
1: That's what I mean. It was so fucking valuable, and then he went away, and then his replacement is someone who takes three months off at a time. I understand that if he wants to let us know about the cardboard box shortage in Venezuela and how important it might be to us, that that might end up, you know, affecting our worldview by the end of the segment. Uh, but there are more important things at hand on a much more regular basis.
0: No, I agree. So, <laughs> you yeah, know. no, uh, John Stewart is uh, sorely missed. Yeah, <laughs> For
1: sure. so. So apparently he wrote a fucking movie and I'm sure it's going to be decent because he's had all kinds of time to work on it.
0: Yeah. No, I'm absolutely interested. Um, <laughs> you know, like I said, I met the man and uh, he absolutely enamored me. Uh, just a very, very charming and uh, witty individual. So,
1: Oh, yeah. And you can see just like in these uh, depositions before Congress or whatever, dealing with the 9-11 survivors oh, and yeah. the first responders. Man, this guy is a uh, a genuine person.
0: He knows how to work an audience in a way that like he's not even faking it. Like he's I, just That's what I
1: mean. I don't think he's working an audience. I think he's just trying to get no, shit he done. No, he works he's the audience no without bullshit, even trying. dude.
0: Like he owns them because he's being so real. That's, you know, kind of the point. He his work is just him being himself. Uh, he's he's not only intelligent, he's not only quick-witted, but like the guy is actually uh, pretty he's pretty genuine about like how he feels about all of the things that he rails against and rails for. So, so you're saying you like the guy I'm saying, I might have a man crush on him.
1: (laughs) That's all right. I think he's, he's, he's in your league. You got him.
0: Yeah, dude, I could totally get him. Mm -hmm. So I've been, uh, working out lately a little bit
1: again. Nice. Back on the
0: horse, getting back into it. You know, you knew me back in college. I was quite a beast in those days.
1: Yeah, man. Um, you were GTL back then. Yeah, I, I was a little bit buff. <laughs> I was a little bit into it. Mm-hmm. It was kind of my Did thing. Did you tan? Did you
0: tan? Uh only about once every week and a half because I had psoriasis. A yes.
1: it's a yes. It's okay. I was just asking. No,
0: but what no but it, w- it was for psoriasis. <laughs> it was for psoriasis. <laughs> All right. I I like Kim Kardashian and
1: It was burdened for psoriasis. With, I am Get burdened the fuck out of
0: here. You know what? You can call my fiance right now. She'll tell you that it is for psoriasis. <laughs> Whatever, man. Anyways, so anyways, uh,
1: yeah. So you're getting swole again, <clears> bro?
0: Yeah, a little bit. Uh, getting strong again, but uh, I was doing a What are your work-
1: workouts like? I'm sorry. I don't mean to step on what you're asking. Go ahead.
0: No, yeah, go ahead. Uh, no, my I want to know what your workouts, workouts are workouts,
1: like. Cause dude, I don't know. I don't know about I, I suck at them. Yeah, I know that's not your life. That's a uh, that's that's my life. Uh, well, you know what? I really do. I love working out, but I love sticking to the cardio. Like, I love trail runs. I love swimming. You did 20 push-ups love, before the show, right? I did just do some push-ups before the show because I was feeling low energy, but then I was winded and I had to wait a minute. <laughs> because because having this kid and having this this winter has had me indoors and Man, we should have led the fucking show with the fact that it is time change today, and I am doing this podcast with the window cracked, and it is Ohio, and it's 60 degrees. It's insane. Like, I should be doing yeah. this podcast from the park.
0: Yeah, 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 it's gorgeous out. We should definitely be uh, next to each other at a park with a picnic table and doing push-ups. All
1: right, so it might be breezy, and that might not be good for the, the mics, but I'm probably going to go outside and edit this thing as soon as we get off. Yeah, no, that sounds good. <laughs> no, but um, I mean, like, yeah... Time change well, well, like is great for getting back outside and getting me back on my red talked All
0: about how much we both love time change last week, and I still love it. I love daylight savings time. I love
1: when it should the be permanent. Go ahead. It
0: should be. It should be. There should be, there should be no daylight savings time. How are, just are a time. how are we not having a vote on this? How
1: are we not having a nationwide referendum on this tomorrow? I don't know. And, and, and You know what's funny is like people that are against
0: it. They're like, oh God. I lost an hour of sleep. Like really? I think that it's was hilarious. Your, that's your beef? One day of one hour of sleep? Like on
1: a Sunday? Yeah. <laughs> Come yeah, on. Exactly. Man. Day of all days. You should be able to recoup right then. You'll be fine. And yeah, then I think for you're gonna be okay. the rest of time you have nice a nice light in the evenings. Get out of here. Right. Yeah. Permanize it. it it's,
0: it's ridiculous. Anyways, back Ugh. to what I was saying. Excuse me. Um, working out in uh, my late thirties. Yeah. I immediately rolled my ankle when I was trying to do burpees.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I um, was
0: walking around like a like a hobbled, you know, I, ne- I I needed a Did you warm up, bro? Well, I put both heat and cold on it, but uh
1: No, did you oh, warm oh, oh, up? Oh, oh did you, you <laughs> mean before?
0: No, because they're burpees. Nobody I should know, have that to is, warm up for that, burpees. Burpees that are is supposed
1: to be the warm up. I understand, yes, but like exactly. you got to be doing more dynamic stretch stretches with less impact.
0: Don't dynamic stretch me, man. I feel like I'm old
1: already. Like now- <laughs> <laughs> you know those Japanese people in the park do what they do.
0: God, I cannot. I just want to jump into my workout. I don't want to start having to do all this extra yoga stuff and. Making sure. Oh, I don't, bro! I don't. I'm a pop stretch an master
1: nowadays, so I like. I'm such an advocate to people. I like show them stretches and everything. I'm like, no, nah, man, you'll be really great. It's going to help you with your form throughout your workout. <laughs> you know, like. Right. Right. Yeah. And it does. Yeah. And but no, I one don't want to hear do it. that. <laughs> no one wants to hear it. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> but I don't want to hear saying, any more about it ever. <laughs> you're, you know, you're you're getting up there in the onos. and so if you want to be able to roll out of bed for tomorrow's workout, you got to be safe for today's.
0: Okay, but what about you with your nose picking and your hand biting?
1: Oh, fuck, dude. I'm screwed. I mean, like, these are, like, oral fixations that I've had since I had oral fixation. <laughs> since, <laughs> since I was able to put my hand to my mouth or anything else. Since I was, you know, eating rocks at two years old or whatever the fuck. I love picking my nose and I love biting my fingernails and, like, the skin around the fingernails. And um, I have to stop all of that. And it's terrible. Like, I'm thinking about wearing a mask just not for the... Yeah,
0: you don't want to teach your daughter uh, all those uh, nose pickings, right?
1: Oh, I don't. I do. I make sure I turn away. I mean, you you don't, but you do. (laughs) So. I make sure I turn away, you know, because like... I, when I go after her boogers, it is a really dramatic experience, and she's a little traumatized, but it has to be done kind of thing. So she's probably looking for an easier way too, and I just don't want to show her. <laughs> right, right. Um, but yeah, so like, you know, communicable diseases and open orify are uh, our best friends. And um, my habits are going to get me sick, and I got to change them. That's all I'm getting at. Gotcha. <laughs> <laughs> I know we all have the bad habits, so. But I think it's I think it's good that everybody's getting a little more habit friendly, maybe not manic about it, but oh, as long sure. as everyone's I'm washing totally their hands a little speaking. bit more. I love it. Are you cool with that? Yeah, my God,
0: I pick my nose every time I can.
1: Yeah, that's really unfortunate because I realize lately that if I blow my nose in the morning, I can get a lot of that out, and I don't really have to go up in after it. So I'm trying to. I, be I like to about leave it up thing. in there. You know, I the, I do too, but I really you know I'm, I'm out in society, and, <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> I'm tired of getting those looks.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's tough. It's tough to uh, be a nose picker in uh, our public forum. So, so what do
1: we have going on in yeah. the week ahead? What are we, what are you looking forward to, Mr. Pete?
0: Well, we've got the weekend uh, that precedes uh, St. Patrick's Day. Which oh. means I might have a hangout with a friend of ours uh, who you know named Mark. And we might nice. have a, a beer. We might have a Guinness. We might have a Jameson shot. I don't know. So So what do you, what do you have going on this week?
1: Uh, well, actually, we might be making a little pilgrimage to Pittsburgh next weekend. Um, okay. The wife wants to have kind of it was start, it started out as a girls' night, girls' weekend in the city, and uh, with some of her friends from college that live over in Pennsylvania. And then you joined in. And <laughs> then we're like, I'm like, you know what? There's a ping pong club at the Ace Hotel <laughs> oh my in Pittsburgh. God. It always yeah. goes back to goddamn ping pong. You sound like <laughs> my wife. <laughs> 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 and so I'm like listen we will stay out of your way we're just gonna you know ride share with you there you guys can hop out and and do whatever you want I'll take the baby to ping pong and and we'll just ride home together you know one of these and days
0: so, we should just do a whole show while we're mic'd up and just playing ping pong for like an hour or oh yeah minutes. yeah
1: and watch the viewership plummet yeah <laughs> <laughs> Listenership, pardon me. Yeah, I should know know my forum. Even though we should note that this thing is probably going to go to YouTube. There as, uh, is
0: going to be a viewership. It is on YouTube right. actually, but uh, we don't have video yet. So
1: right, so we are on YouTube, but we will soon be having our mugs up on there. Like right,
0: yeah, I can't wait for my ugly face. Actually, you'll
1: get to watch the
0: nail. I'm pretty. Bite. I'm pretty arrogant about my own face. So my beautiful face uh, to be up there <laughs> on uh, YouTube.
1: They're gonna be like, "What's he staring at? Why is he just?" Yeah. Um, <laughs> why, is he,
0: why is he looking at uh, something like on off camera with like, oh, that's
1: a mirror. He's staring at himself. OK, <laughs> <laughs> does he have a teleprompter in his house? <laughs> <laughs>
0: OK, well, I guess uh, we have next week to look forward to. So.
1: Oh, absolutely. If we don't have next week to look forward to, what do we have?
0: I I mean, hopefully not the coronavirus. So
1: bro stay safe get out there enjoy that weather i mean beautiful day i hope you make the best of it
0: it's a gorgeous day we're gonna walk around and uh to everybody else we will see you next week
1: absolutely thank you everyone for joining us for another episode this has been fantastic check us out on the itunes rate review make sure you say five stars not four i mean we've really been giving you the goods
0: yep and we will be checking you out too everybody take care
1: talk to you later